the way we are taught to speak to other people tips them off that we're doing what they call one of those things. And you have to be really careful what you say, what words you use, so that they don't get that impression. And normally, what's associated with a network marketing person? Lots of income. You can have this. This is the marvelous company and the best company in the history of the world. And the product sells itself. And these kinds of statements, while we may believe them as individuals, do not fall very well on other people's ears. Mostly because it's clear that you're selling something, and people really don't like to be sold. None of us like to be sold either. We like to think we're buying. So when somebody says this is the best thing in the history of the world and they're selling it, if you come across in any way like that, the other person is going to right away kind of back away and think, oh, they're going to try to sell me something. Do you do you see what I mean? Yes. 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 Sometimes the scripts that were given to use make people kind of sound like a like a seller. Okay, so today I'm going to answer a bunch of obstacles, and I wanted to just give you a little framework for what we what we do and what you think you want to be doing. Would most of you say that you think you have pretty classy products that they're not particularly Walmart quality or Walmart pricing? Yes, yes. absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. So would you say you have higher end stuff? Yep. Yes. yes. Better than average? Yes. Oh yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So first thing to know is if you agree. That your stuff is above average, and you realize that it also is above average in price, like above average things tend to be. Then the second step is to think about anything that we can buy. So, for example, we can buy. Let's say you're in skincare. We've got a bunch of you there. You can buy high-end skincare and pay probably 200 bucks a tube, depending on where if you go to you know depending on where you get it, or 200 dollars a bottle, and you can buy it at. The local drugstore for six bucks if you do ponds. So, in every product type—cars, homes, shoes, books, printers, computers—you name it—there will be a super high-end type of super high-end type of product, and there will be a high-end, like in cars. What's a super high-end? Well, I don't know. Probably some this Ashton Healy. I think is that what it's called? It's like half a million dollars. I'd call that a pretty high-end, super high-end type of car, right? And then you have the high-end, which would might be a Bentley. That's only like 200 grand, maybe. And then you have high-end, like a Range Rover, that's 75,000 or 80. And then you have medium-end cars, which are maybe what 40,000, like that. I don't know what what is a 40,000 car, maybe, or whatever a 40,000 car is. Uh, and then you have cars that are in the twenty thousand dollar range, maybe even a little bit less. So for all these different types of products that we have available, at least in the Western world, there are higher end, super high end, and there are low end, and there's stuff in the middle. And I just want you to be conscious of that because there's a market for all those ends of, of quality and cost for every product. Pons is a very big business. So clearly, a lot of women spend six bucks on ponds, and if you're going to go hit them up and say, "Look here, you need to be," you know, I got this product, and she says, "How much is it?" And she, you tell her eighty bucks. I think her brain is going to go ape. What? What do you mean eighty bucks? Eighty bucks? I spend six bucks, and I'm perfectly happy. See, and at that point, you have to decide: Are you going to do therapy? 
Or are you going to say, uh, what, you know anybody who's really crazy about their skin, who goes to the facialist, who goes to the golden door, who, you know, gets her face steamed a lot of the time, and do you know anybody like that who really, you know, spends even more than this? Because if you do, let me know, because that's, that's the kind of product that we have. So you position yourself as being a higher-end type of product as you introduce your product. And I'm going to give you some scripting to do that and so that you've got it. But the point is that understand, first of all, that there's a whole range of good to bad, well, good low-end, let's say, $6 skin cream to $200 skin cream, let's just say. I'm sure you can get more pricey stuff someplace, and I'm sure there's cheaper than Pond's, but that's, that's a pretty good range. And marketing, which is what you are, we are network marketers, although at the end of the call I'm going to suggest you think of yourself as something else, but for starters, you know, marketers, I, marketing is about values. See, some people buy the Range Rover. Some people buy the Chevy. Other people buy a Honda. And people are normally happy with what they buy. That's why they go shopping for cars or shopping for shoes or shopping for whatever. And they buy different ranges. And what you need to be conscious of, that whatever you're selling, there will be stuff that's more expensive out there that people use, maybe some of the ones you talk to, and there will be much less expensive stuff. And that it's not a question for us to judge, it's a question of values. So I might buy a $500 tennis racket because I like to think I'm a good player. And even though it's been some years since I've really hit the ball hard, but I would still buy that kind of racket. Somebody else you'll see at Walmart paying 15 bucks for a racket. Why? Because they don't care that much. It's for the kids they're going to trash it anyway. So if I wanted to go to that mom and say, hey, listen, here's my $500 racket, she would say, what are you nuts? <laughs> These kids are going to trash it and I'm going to pay 15 bucks and that's it. So be aware. That's number one thing to be aware of. Secondly, when you think about who you want to approach, be, again, conscious of making clear to the other person and having it clear in your mind who you're looking for. See, in our industry, they like to say everybody's going to want this product. The product sells itself. I'm sure you've heard that, and I'm sure you've all discovered that this is really not how it is. I don't know of anybody who says that my product has sold itself every single time. I haven't had to do a single thing. People just line up and buy it. I don't know of anybody like that in our industry, and yet what you hear is the product sells itself, everybody's going to want this, and if they don't want it, they should want it, and everybody needs this. But you see, when you get that attitude in your head, then what happens when you market is that the other person perceives that you think that whatever they're doing is not as good as what you've got. And when that judgment comes, they're going to walk away from you because nobody wants to be told they're wrong, you see. So you want to be really careful how you present, even though you may think your product is the best. People at Range Rover also think their car is the best. But for those of us on the other side who are buying, a Range Rover really might not be your choice for a car. And they're just going to have to deal with it, the people at Range Rover. But they work to find their market, people who really love that car, like I happen to. And other people who are selling Bentleys look for those. Other people who are selling Chevys or selling Buicks or selling uh, Mercedes-Benzes, which Steve Jobs used to drive, they look for their people who want that car for whatever reason. So all these companies that create products are out there looking for their little members. They're marketing to their so-called tribe, to people who are likely to want that product because that's what their values are. 
That's what POMS does. That's why they have so many people. So you think about marketing out there and exposing to people. Remember that your, your primary goal is to find the person for whom your product is really a very good match. And the best way to do that is to ask for them. So, for example, I think most of you know the shoe example. If you go to Nordstrom's and you go to the shoe department, there are, say, 5,000 pairs of shoes in that store. If you stand there and the salesperson comes up and says, okay, so what would you like? And you stand there and go, shoes, I want shoes. And he says, well, what do you mean you want shoes? Well, I want shoes. I just want some shoes. Nobody would do that. Because what do you do instead? Well, you say, well, I want women's shoes for me. Say you're the woman, you're shopping. And that means half the shoes in the store are no longer in the in the market. That's half the people, right? Just consider shoes the people. <laughs> so you want women's. Okay, great. So that leaves 2,500 pairs of shoes. And now you say, well, I want running shoes. Well, that probably leaves 500 pairs of shoes because they're all kinds of different shoes for women, right? Including children, slippers, and all of that. And then you want not only running, but you want Nike. So that leaves you probably, I don't know, 50 pairs of shoes, let's say. And then you want size 8. So that might leave you 10 pairs of shoes or 15, and you want white. And that might leave you 3 to 5 pairs of shoes. So you've said, I am looking for women's shoes, running shoes, Nike, size 8, white. By the time you're done, of all those 5,000 pairs of shoes in the store, the person comes and brings you three to five pairs that you try on, and you go home with one of those if you have a good fit or two of them. That's kind of like what you're doing with the shopping for shoes. Does everybody, is that clear to everybody, and are you on board with that part? Let me just hear that to be sure. Yes. 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 Are we all agreed with that? Do you all realize that, number one, that the product does not sell itself? Do you know that? Okay. And also, have you discovered that it's not for, that everyone is not your prospect? Have you got that part? Yes. Yes. Okay, and to be clear that the distinction about everyone is not your prospect, here's what I mean by that. They all, all the companies teach you, hit up every person you know. You know, talk to everybody, talk to everybody, because you never know. And I, I understand that. And what you want to do is just have a slight shift in your mind so you refine that, see? So what we're going to do is say, okay, I can talk to everybody if you want to, and I can email everybody, and I can get on Facebook and announce this to everybody, but instead of seeing that person as a prospect for you, see them as somebody like the shoe salesperson to whom you're going to say, listen, here's what I'm looking for, women's, running, Nike, size 8, white. And if you have anything like that, or if you know anybody like that, if you see anybody like that, if you ever come across anybody like that, would you let me know? Do you see the difference between that and assuming that the person standing in front of you is, in fact, your prospect? Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. You got that? All right. See, so everybody is really an ambassador for what you're looking for. Because you put that in, and you put that in their mind, and I'll give you some scripting for it, but I just want you to understand that you can, yes, talk to everybody if you want. But the distinction is, instead of imagining that they are your prospects, particularly if you know nothing about them, about their habits as it relates to whatever your product purpose is, then you may very well be doing a whole presentation to a group of people, most of whom spend less than 10 bucks on skincare per month. And then at the end, they're going to go, it's too expensive, and you're going to feel like you need to fall on the sword because you must have screwed it up. You didn't. They just weren't the right people. 
Okay, and remember, everybody in every product that we've got in this country that I'm aware of, there is stuff that's at the low end in terms of price and usually quality and high end. And there's a market for all these different products. That's why all these companies are in business, right? So we just be aware of that. All right, so one of the first obstacles I wanted to mention, somebody said, I want to know, you know, how you talk to people on the street. I want to be able to talk to people when I see them any place. Um, and he gave an example. He wanted to be able to talk to people on the street. And let me give you the process so that you work back the way we just said to the people that are likely to be the ones that are going to want to listen to your product or, for that matter, your business. Because remember, we already said it's not everybody. So here's how you plan to talk to people. My first company I ever did, I figured out I can talk to people because I'd heard Mark Yarnell did that. He stood on corners and he made thirty, forty thousand a month within his first year, which is how he got to be so well known. And he was a minister, and he would stand on busy street corners talking about the ministry, but also talking about we don't have to be poor Christians or make thirty thousand dollars a month. That's what I'm doing, you know, doing good and blah blah blah. And I thought well, that's pretty cool, you know. I think I could do that, and I've never really done it. But I thought, well, gosh, maybe I could do that. I'm a fairly personable soul, you know. I'm certainly not shy. So, what we did is we planned talking to people on the street. So that's number one. You've got to plan doing this rather than just walk up to anybody on the street. So first thing we did is figure, okay, we want people for the business because that was what we were selling. And so we decided who would want to make more money. I mean, because we wanted people who wanted to make big money. We weren't looking for somebody who wanted a couple, you know, 100 bucks a month. We were looking for people who wanted to make what we were making, which is twenty to 50000 a month. That's what we wanted. And so we decided, okay, where would people be on the street that are like that? Who would who would want that and who would be excited by it and not have be clueless about how to make a six-figure income, right? Because a lot of people don't know how you make $100,000. They just parrot it, but they have no clue how to make it. So we decided we're going to go to the financial district in San Francisco, and that's where that particular thing started. I have a I have a book I wrote called The Truth, What It Really Takes to Make It in Network Marketing. It's a big, giant cartoon book. And we decided, we called ourselves, We were this was street walking. And we took like four or five of us. We got dressed to the nines. I mean, we were a good-looking bunch of girls. And everybody was in there, you know, like 30s and early 40s. And everybody was that we sent on this mission was all really good-looking. And it was in the days that you still got to wear heels. And I mean, just, it was really great. So there were like four or six of us. And we went to the financial district. So first we decided where on the street are we going to talk to people versus just anybody, right? Because I don't want to talk to anybody because that's like trying on all the shoes in the store, remember? And we don't want to try on the baby shoes just because we're going to, we want a pair of shoes. We're going to ask them, I want A, B, C, D, E. So you want somebody who wants a lot of income, has ideas of grandeur, they could do it, people with nerves of steel so they're not going to cry with the first no. Right? Because that's what it takes to make big money. It's not going to be some very shy person, you know, who can't um, talk to people. So what you do is, for street walking, talking about this, online is another matter. So, so I trained the girls and said, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to be there between 7 and 8 in the morning. Why? Because that's when everybody comes from the trains, from the trains to go to work. Okay? So that's the time we're going to be there. Then we're going to be there during lunch, and we're going to be there on the way home between 4 and 6. And we walked in a group so everybody would know that we were all together and they wouldn't think, you know, that we're weird. 
and we were all, you know, we're, we all dressed, of course, the way people do in the financial district at the time, because that's what we were, we were going for those people. And then we figured, okay, and I'm going to give you the script here that we use. So what, we, so the other thing we did is we then decided where are we going to have these meetings, because we want to be able to do the presentation, right? Show them the plan and show them the product, what we're doing and yada, yada. So we rented an office space from a company called Omni. I think they're still in business. And we got an office suite. You could get those by the day, by the week, by the month. And we got a really nice one with a receptionist sitting there and the name of our company at, at the, not the, not the company, company, our company, you know, the, the, um, us, our own names. We didn't use the company name ever for any presentation that we did of that sort. And I, because we didn't want anybody to know or get any ideas about, oh, that's one of those things, we were going to sell us, and we are going to sell the idea of this kind of income doing this type of work. See, that's what, that was how I wanted to do it. So we set this up, and we had the big boardroom set up, and we had it set up for anywhere between 8 and 10 people with a boardroom table and the table and a nice whiteboard and stuff like that. So here's what we did. So those are all the settings. Where are the people? Well, let's go to the financial district because we're looking for people who might have, you know, visions that they could really make some, some significant money. We went in a group. We went during the times that we knew the foot traffic would be the highest. That's what we did. And then what we would do is we'd stand as a group, and then we'd look for people who were not, number one, on their phone, who were not having a deep conversation with somebody else, and who were just waiting at the light, ready to cross, and not engaged in their newspaper or with anybody else. This is a really very important thing. I live in um, in Berkeley, and we have a number of beggars around here. And I tell you, the beggars would make a lot more money if they would be conscious of what who to talk to and when. <laughs> I was walking down the street the other day with a friend of mine, and we were intensely in some conversation about something or other. And the, the one of the beggars on the corner rings his bell and you know makes a lot of noise and says "Merry Christmas" right in the middle of this conversation asking for money. Well, it's, that's not a good time to interrupt somebody. If you could see they're on their phone, reading the paper, reading a paper, talking to somebody else, you don't approach them. So that was one of the rules we had. You get somebody at the light, they're stopped. Everybody has to stop. You know, there's like 50 people at each corner at the light. And then we just fall in step with him as we cross the street and say, you could see all of us, because of course they all saw us. The guys would whistle. It was just a hoot. Say, listen, we're we're catching up with a few people. We're also in San Francisco, and we have this business that we're doing, and we're expanding it, and we're looking for really crazy people who really like sales, who like marketing, who want to help us recruit and train the sales force, and who want to, like what some of us are doing, make twenty, thirty thousand dollars a month. That's what we said. So if you know anybody like that, you know, let us know, because at noon. We're doing a presentation. It'll be 30 minutes, and you can see what we've got and see if it's something that you love or if you know somebody. That's what we're doing, and we, and is that something that you'd like to see? Would you like to come today? And many of the people said, yeah, as a matter of fact, where's it going to be? And we say, well, right here on Montgomery Street, three blocks away. See, it's on the 18th floor. That's where we were. And they would get this card with the address, with our name on it and the address on it, and we every lunch we had between 8 and 12 people from the financial district who wanted to see what we were doing. That's what we did. And we signed up somebody every single time. So when you talk about talking to people on the street, since you know that marketing is based on values, we buy based on our values, all of us. Some of you drink 
regular water, what I would call caca out of the faucet, okay? And some of you would not do anything but bottled water. Those are values. They're like belly buttons. Everybody has one. So you don't want to judge anybody, but if I want to market my organic spinach, I'm going to go to the farmer's market where they have the big organic farmer's market. I'm not going to go stand in front of Safeway with my organic spinach and say, you guys, you need to buy my organic spinach. It's the best on the planet. Because the people at Safeway who buy, or Price Chopper or any of the regular supermarkets, who buy regular spinach for a buck, and mine is three bucks a bunch, what are they going to say? I want to pay a buck a bunch. Because I don't really think organic makes that much difference. So that's it. Now, I could stand there in front of Safeway all day and say, won't somebody buy my organic spinach for three bucks? And somebody will probably say at the end, you know, there's a farmer's market across the street, and the people who want organic and who will pay three bucks go there. You know, that's where they go. Why don't you go over there? So then I'd set up a little booth at the farmer's market, and I would sell all of my organic spinach probably in 20 minutes because somebody like me would come by and buy it all. Do you see how that is? Yes. Yeah. 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 Do you see how this works? Okay, so do you have any questions about talking to people on the street? No. When I was in my street walking mode, the other thing, one of the things I did was I went to Kinko's. Kinko's is a 24, used to be called Kinko's, a 24-hour copy place. And I would go there between 10 and midnight every night, almost every night, and stand in line. That's what I did. Kinko's does nothing but make copies. They're a print shop, and they do nothing but make copies and, and print stuff. And Well, what happened is one night I was over there myself because I needed stuff from them, and I was just a few blocks from my house. And I saw in line, I saw all these people who were between 10 and midnight. So, again, I chose my time, chose my place. And at Kinko's, between 10 and 12 midnight, if you go to any coffee, coffee shop, copy shop at that time, you're going to find quite a collection of moonlighters. Who are these people? Well, they're teachers who are writing their own book. They're daytime engineers who are getting their art copied because they want to have, they're going to do a show and tell someplace. Many of them have these entrepreneurial visions with their own, whatever their own work is. That's why they have to come at 10 at night because they've finished their job, they've had dinner, and now they've got their stuff together and they're going to make copies to pass it around. Or they're going to have help uh, from somebody at Kinko's to make their book or to make their art or to do whatever entrepreneurial thing, their hobby that they want to do and publish and maybe make some money with or get some recognition with. So I just waited to find the people in the line that looked to me like they had number one, life force, number two, good body language, and three, they were not completely engaged with themselves or their material or standing and talking at the counter. And then I would walk up to that person and say, you know, that looks like a book, like a pretty good book. What are you writing about? And when you talk to somebody about something they're doing, they just open up and tell you, oh, this new book is going to be for kids. It's, you know, it's going to be better than Charlotte's Web. It's going to be this. It's going to be that. What do you do during the day? Well, I'm a teacher. Great. So what are you hanging out here at night? Because I want to have my book. I'm going to make my book, and then I'll have my own book to teach my own kindergartners or what, you know, all that stuff. Of course, she's going to say to me, well, what do you do? You know, of course, I tell her, well, I have my own business. And she say, well, what? Doing what? What do you do? And then I would tell her, we're expanding, and we're looking for people who, number one, know, because I was selling the uh, health products, fruits and veggies and capsules at that time. So 
by far I'm looking for somebody who, number one, knows they should get their five to seven fruits and veggies in their diet, so they're health, already health conscious, but they don't always get them. Because we have something that will help people like that to get something that's pretty close. That's what we, and we want that, so we're looking for those people. And people who want to help us find, recruit and train our sales force, because we're going to roll this out here in this area, and that's, that's what my team and I are doing. So do you know anyone who might like to know about something like that? And I signed up a person or two every week like that. So you see, you, you come around and you do your business in a way where you can show how you're helping somebody else. In our industry, the way you know, many of us are brought in, it's you can make $10,000 a month or you, know, you can live in the mansion on the hill. And it's all about what we can get out of the business. And one of the things you want to think about from the point of view of someone with whom you're speaking is what can you do for them? I'm in a really high-end consulting class. I mean, I'm a student in the class with this guy that put out a report, and it was so on. I mean, it was so perfect. In 12 days, I think they took in almost $5 million, of which $2 million was in PayPal. And they'd never had seen anything like that themselves. So this was news to them, too. And so he's become really very effective and very good. And I'm going to give you a question from that one of those private conference calls we had that you should answer for yourself. And you'll be real surprised because it's a really fun exercise. All these highfalutin entrepreneurs are on this call, and of course they, they ask him questions. And before he takes any of their questions to, you know, to help them with their business because they're stuck here and they're stuck there and they want this and that advice, he asks this question. So uh, what is it that you do for people? What is it that you do for people? Now you think about that. How many of you could answer that where... What you do for people it has something to do with you personally also. I would say that I help people to look younger, feel better, and live longer. Okay, now that's a lot. That's a lot of stuff for somebody to take in. What if you were going to be a little bit more specific? Like, pick one of those. Um, I help people look, feel younger. People feel younger, did you say, or look younger? Sorry, I couldn't hear you. Look younger. Okay, today what you want to do is add something that is without having to do something yucky to help people, you know, look younger without having to do plastic surgery. Does okay. that work? Yes. Yeah. Would that be cool? Yes. All right. Yeah, so what you can do is if you think about what you do for someone, and this is all, see, the obstacles that I've gotten are all really being addressed with these little comments that I'm making here because if somebody says, well, what do I do? If they say it's too expensive, well, what you do for that person is you know that you've talked to the wrong person. They are not somebody who is going to be a prospect for your product if they're spending six bucks and your product is a hundred bucks. So you let go of the one that says it's too expensive because you realize the minute you hear that, that she wasn't the right prospect for you. You didn't find out anything about her, like what cream she's already using. Because if somebody said, well, I'm using Pond's, you'd know, let's say, that chances of her thinking that $100 is okay for skin cream might be a bit much. So you, you just let go of that person. But remember, we, we've decided, we've all agreed that every person you talk to is going to be kind of like the shoe salesperson where you tell them, I'm looking for this, 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 this. Do you know anyone who might like to know about something like that? 
so that if you, let's say you have high-end skincare. Most of you have uh, the skincare lines are, are all above six bucks a month for a tube or a jar. So you could say, you know, I market this after they say, what do you do? Of course, you're going to say, well, I have my own business. What do you do? Those are the nine words. I have my own business. What do you do? Nine words. I teach them in the obstacles class. With those nine words, people will turn their head and go, um, what was that? What's your business? Because you gave an answer, and it was partially an answer, but not enough to satisfy, because they realized you didn't tell them really what it was. <laughs> you just said, well, I have my own business. What do you do? So you're taking it away from, you know, take your focus back and put it on them. Then they'll normally say, well, so, well what's the business? You know, what, what, what? And then you can say, you know, I market this high-end skincare line, buy quality stuff for people like the, the Kim Kardashian, want to look like Kim Kardashian or want to look like J-Lo or, you know, want to just, they really care a lot about looking as youthful as they can, like I do, without toxins or without harmful chemicals. That's what, that's, that's what I do. And do you know anyone who might like to know about a product like that? Okay, now do you all see that what we've done is by announcing the product in this way, you've said, I market something high-end for people who want to look like, and then you can put in whatever name you want, Sophia Loren, whoever. And by association, spa quality, Sophia Loren quality, Kim Kardashian quality, J-Lo, whoever your heroes are, or, so it's by association, and you know anyone, like like me, and it's, and it's a product that does not have harmful chemicals. Remember, it's always going to be, I do this for people, but without that. So without harmful chemicals. And then do you know anyone who might like to know about something like that? See, if you said that, do you think there's anybody who would say it's too expensive? No. 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 Because everybody knows there's a Range Rover and there's a Chevy. And there's a Yugo. Right? So right. let them know up front the story. So they know that you have this high-end thing and you've now set them on a mission to search their mind in case they know anyone who might like to know about something like that. Okay? So that's really what you're doing. Um, another, I had a lot, of, a lot of questions about, you know, how do you find people to talk to? You've been through all your market and, and there's nobody left and how am I going to find people to talk to? So the last example that I'm going to give you is... So I've given you the street walking, which we did in groups in the financial district when we were looking for the uh, folks who wanted to make twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars a month. We did that. Now today, you can't be quite as cavalier about how much people are making, but you could certainly say some of us are making like five figures a month. And it's see, in the financial district, particularly, they were almost all men because that's what we had down there in those days. But the women too now that are that work in the financial district, they all know about people who make inordinate amounts of money because of Silicon Valley. And they know that if you hit the right number and you've got something that really a lot of people want, there could be numbing fortunes in there. I mean, millions, not just 10, 15 grand a month. That looks like peanuts to some of those people. So you have that mindset. Nobody's going to say, well, I don't know how to make 10,000 a month. That's, they're all hoping to make 100 grand, many of them. Now, some of them are are the people that are the employees. But the employees, too, are conscious of people with money and deals with money and businesses that throw off a lot of money. So they're, they're much more conscious, and nobody's going to say, oh, my gosh, 5000 for a sign-in is, is too expensive. We never heard that. See, you get that from people for whom $5,000 is a lot. And you may not realize it, depending on who your circles are and where you ask, 
but there are large groups of people, like, say, in the financial district, for whom that's basically peanuts, not because they personally have so much, but because they around, they hear about money so much of the time. So you don't have to have somebody that has a lot, but who is not afraid of larger numbers, five, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars a month or more. And in the financial district, that's where those people are. Whether they have it or not doesn't matter. It's that they're around it and they're comfortable with those numbers because they've seen them and heard them. Okay. Now, and then we did the Kinkos. I showed you how I stood in line and looked for people with life force, you know, good body language and look like they're doing something interesting, and we did that. And the, what's the third example I was going to give you? I had one. Well, oh, now this is something that some of you are going to take to the bank, and you will transform yourselves from this moment right now to somebody else in about five minutes. You'll see. Let me show you how this works. When I first got started doing this, one of the product lines was a health product, and the reason I took it is because I'm interested in health and I was interested in the quality of that particular product because it was whole food based and blah, blah, blah. And so I thought, okay, so where am I going to find people? Just like you. You know, it's what we all do. Where are the people? So what am I going to do? So it so happened that my partner in the business was a health, not only a health nut, but got to be quite knowledgeable about diet and exercise and fitness and all this kind of stuff. So we got educated. We bought a number of books and just about healthy eating and good food and organic food and all because we've been into that for so many years. So we decided to bone up on it and learn a few things. And so we got, among other things, a book called uh, Food Your Miracle Medicine by Gene Carper. It's still on the market. And lo and behold, in that book, there was a whole list of foods, just all kinds of regular foods, cabbage, beets, blah, blah, and how eating so many portions of that would help reduce by 20% or 50% the risk of all kinds of things, from heart disease to prostate cancer to you name it. So we figured, you know what we'll do is let's make a presentation, go to some community center, and we'll bill it as... The topics were things like three foods you can eat to reduce by 61% chances of prostate cancer. We picked different diseases, breast cancer, whatever. And what we did is we took her book and made slides of these tables that she had, really made them really nice looking. And people came to the talk wanting to know what foods they could eat that would reduce the risk of certain kinds of problems. And Gene Carper had all this wonderful research in there that showed that if you ate three cups of carrots a week, your risk of whatever illness it was, this is all from her book. She's the New York Times uh, health, food health, health person, has been that person for many years. And that was what she wrote. And so we had charts for cabbage and carrots and this and that and the other. So people came to get educated because we had really boned up and it was of interest to us anyway. And then at the end, we would say there are a lot of ways to get all these fruits and vegetables, whatever they were, and sometimes when you can't get them, you can take supplements. And if you'd like to know what we do to take supplements on the days we don't get all these foods, after they had just seen this whole demonstration from Gene Carper, mind you, uh, we can tell you about a supplement because we happen to take it ourselves because we into all this stuff. And if you want to know what it is, you can ask. We didn't have any display or anything at that time, at, at that time during the talk. We had the, the Gene Carper stuff. And lo and behold, people got up and said, well, I want to know what that is because I don't get them all the time. And then we would take out some of the bottles of the product that we had. 
and we'd say, well, we have like three boxes here. And of course, sometimes we had more, sometimes we had less. And people would run up and say, well, I want that right now. Give me that. And of course, not they didn't. We didn't have email. We weren't as as the way we are now. Of course, now we'd have a list and get their email address too, so we could continue to give them tips and things. But what happened is people bought because they saw us as authorities after having just gotten some wonderful tips about foods that you could eat that have been shown to reduce the risk of all these ailments based on a book that was accepted in the society at, at that time. As a matter of fact, still accepted. Okay, you see how that works. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's yeah. yeah. Okay. So you see, you can do that very same thing. And what have you done? You've set yourself up as what? As a seller or as an expert? Expert. Yeah. So you see, if you think about what is it that you do for people, that's the big question he asked everybody. What do you do for somebody? You know, would you say, well, I sell this product? Is that doing something for somebody? Or, you know, what if you could say? Like for some of the skincare folks that are here. Now, you have uh, skincare products that are designed to help people look younger, lose wrinkles, you know, the different things, the different effects that people have had. And if that's the only thing you do, that you only talk about the products and the company, then you will, in fact, be somebody who is a Nerium or Arbonne or Jeunesse or whatever rep. That's what you are, right? I'm a company X rep. Okay, don't be sure because you follow this here. Tune in. Who would you rather buy from? Now listen really closely. Because that's going to tell you who you want to be. So if you've got background noise, hit star six so everybody can hear because I want to interact with you right now. Do you want to buy from company X rep who's going to come and show you the company X product? Or would you rather buy from a skincare advisor who's going to show you five ways to have better skin without surgery and without buying a single thing? What prevents you from being the advisor? Nothing. Nothing. Let me tell you, you want to learn how to become an advisor like in, I don't know, four weeks? Yep. And of course, you know I have a program for this, but I'm going to tell you the bottom line so that the do-it-yourselfers here can just go and do it. And if you want the hand-by-hand, you know, the authority marketer shows you how to do this. And I'm building another program just because I think there are so many people in our industry who really want to be and have always wanted to be advisors. They just didn't know how to go about it. And anyway, who has time to go to school for 10 years to become a shrink or whatever, right? So here's what you do. You go to Google and say if you are in the, you deal with supplements. The first thing you need to know is your product purpose. What is the purpose of your product? So it's Younger looking skin, that would be a purpose, for example, right? Or getting rid of wrinkles. That's The purpose of the product is to help people get rid of wrinkles. That's what it is, right? So you all should be able to have, the purpose of my product is to help people, blah, 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 blah. Whatever that is, look in your company materials and do not use any scientific jargon. Science doesn't sell to anybody except people who are already members of the company to validate that you've got a good thing. For outsiders, People ask first, does it work? And then what's in it? That's normally what you get. And I'm sure if you've experienced it, you know. So you get your product purpose. So you say it's to have a younger looking skin or to get rid of uh, wrinkles that you don't want to see or to get rid of a jowl that, you know, whatever. If you have, say, a product that is a less expensive way to go on vacations so you can take more of them without having to stay in Motel 6, right? Whatever the product purpose is for, for the supplement industry, product 
product that helps you get more nutrition. If you're not eating right, you get a little bit supplement your, your nutrition so that, so that you stay healthy without having to eat everything organic, let's say. So you've got your product purpose. Okay, that's number one. And then number two, you go to Google and you type in there, this is one of the tricks that we use, uh, five ways or ten ways to, and then put your product purpose in there without surgery. Just put it in, type it in there, and you'll come up with a whole list of things that where people are showing different ways to get rid of jowls, different ways to get rid of dark rings under your eyes, different ways to whatever your product purpose is. Okay, so you have a bunch of those. That'll give you part of what's going to work up into your talk. Remember, I told you four weeks. So you're going to become a, an expert, pretty much of a, an advisor in like next four weeks if you do this. And then the other thing is you could say the opposite. You know, what are the 10 worst things for good-looking skin? And you could say 10 worst habits that give you bad skin or 10 worst foods for your skin. And you have to think about this. This is what I'm doing for you here is what's called marketing. You're thinking about what it is that somebody who might want to have your product is kind of would respond to. And it's not ever going to be that mine's the best. You've all learned that, I'm sure. Everybody says that, which is why it's totally ineffective. So then what you would do when you do this kind of research, which I do show you in the Authority Marketer, what happens is you could then write up a little paper or you can start making a series of posts on Facebook or you can look at the local paper if they still have papers. Does anybody have a newspaper? I guess not anymore. But there, there are places in town where community centers where you could call and say, hey, I want to give a little talk on five ways to have to get rid of your lines around your eyes without doing Botox, without doing surgery, and without having any toxic stuff in your skin. You're going to go give a, a, a skin talk as an advisor because you're now Lulu, healthy skin advisor, versus just a rep for your company. Then you offer these series of tips that you will have carefully honed so people get value and say, by the way, there's also, I also have a product that I use so that not only do I do all these things and know about all these things, but I have a product too to give it an extra kick. And if you'd like to know what that is, let me know. You think there might be some people there who came to find out how to get better looking skin and, of course, you would position this in such a way that you're not getting the low-enders, only people that are, you want people that are already spending 100 bucks or more. Everybody just say, just for people who are spending at least $75 a month on their skincare, we're going to show you some extra tips. You know, there's a lot of fun you can have with it. Do you think some of those people might be prospects for your skincare product and maybe even your business if they want to do what you do, which is go around town as a skincare sort of advisor because you've learned all this and you can give tips that are way more than just your product. What do you think, guys? Do you want to be that person? Oh, yeah. 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 Well, that's what you want to do. And you see, is there an obstacle anybody here has that I haven't covered that is not covered by this information you just got? Yes, I have one. Okay, shoot. Okay, hi, it's Amanda Ernest. Um, one of my other obstacles is the duplicatable um, factor for all of this. And my mentor is just, he's just on me saying, you got to duplicate all of these things you want to do. Just start a blog and all of these things. It really is going, air quotes, against the system that we're all hammered down to 
follow, follow, follow the system, which is fantastic. The system has worked for a lot of people, I think. Um, but I think that's where I'm struggling right now is, you know, I want to do all of these things that I know I'm capable of doing, um, talking to people on the street, creating a blog, you know, becoming an advisor, but that's not what we're told to do. <laughs> and right. so as, as, as a newbie to the industry, it's difficult for me in this moment, um, only, you know, eight months in, as an information sponge lady, like trying to find my little path and trying to decide if I want to, you know, deviate from the system or, or if I should in this particular company or... Can you speak to that for us a little bit, Kim? I can. And how many of you are have that as a concern, as a possibility? I did until I started uh, your course on 100 customers in 100 days, and you spell it out perfectly why this is um, and how to handle this. It, it, it's just brilliant. I love it. Okay, so let me speak to the gal who just, just spoke. This is a very big issue, and... I have been at odds with the industry since the day I began, which is why I don't really, I did these things when I, my third day in the business, because I didn't, I didn't want to, I, I just didn't want to do the stuff that I saw in the, in the manuals. So let me just tell you something that you all need to understand. First of all, when they talk about duplication, there is a, a meaning to duplication that has been completely distorted over the last particularly, I don't know, five to seven years. Duplication refers, in our industry, as somebody who's been in it for 25 years, and, and I'm fairly well educated, I'm pretty sure I got this straight, it refers to the system. So when I used to get up and say, you get three who get three who get three, let's say, and you draw the circles on the wall, and a person sees, well, we're going to put Tom and Harry and, and you know, all these names in there, that structure is the system. That is what is duplicated in our business. The structure, having, getting those three, that pattern that you see is the structure. That's the system, okay? So everybody should understand that. That is the system. You're filling in those circles to the extent that you can. Of course, nobody has three who get three who get three. You get one who get 500 and then you have the rest of them falling out, and except maybe a couple more lines. That's kind of how it goes. But that is the duplication. How you do that, whether you smile your way or sing your way or stand on corners or talk to people in your style or talk to people that you know or that you don't know, that is not ever going to be, quote, unquote, duplicatable because people are not Xerox copies of each other. So what's gotten lost over the years, people say, they say to me, Kim, don't do leads, not, it's not duplicatable. And I would say, well, I don't care if nobody else does it. I tell people, look, I got five ways I've been doing this. I happen to love leads, I love running ads, I love the cold market, but here are five other things you can do. So choose based on your personality. Do you want to just give parties and do exactly, throw the film, do this stuff, or do you, whatever, because they have a system. It's not that you should trash it. But I would tell people, you decide what you want to do based on who you are. And if you don't know anything about marketing and sales, start with what the company has. But these are advisory guidelines for people who have little or no experience in sales and marketing before they come into the business of network marketing. 
which is what 95% of the people, that's the situation with 95% of the people that are there. They have no previous sales or marketing experience, have never had a business of their own before, and have never done commission sales before. So the company has a system to help new people follow that system. That's why they have it. And they hammer it into your head because they figure that if you don't know anything, you've got to learn the basics first. So that's, it comes from a good place. However, if your style is not to do those types of things and you have other ideas, how you get to the top, I tell you, nobody's going to care. They just are going to be happy that you did. When I did the water company, the first deal I ever did, I was in real estate, and I, I, love, I love sales. I've been selling door-to-door since I was like seven or eight years old, so you're talking to somebody who just loves doing that stuff. Very different than a lot of other people, right, who were brought in thinking it was going to be easy and fast and everybody was going to say yes, and then you get the cold bath, and you know it's really not like that. So then you have to, you know, get yourself ready and decide what am I going to do here. So if the system is working for you, do it. If it isn't, consider other ways for yourself. But rather than talk about it, just do it. And don't invite other people to look who are going to hound you about you're not doing the system. Because I did leads. I had other people who did warm market. And I had other people who did street walking. So you, with your job, if the person is completely new and you're signing somebody up, say, look, I'm kind of a crazy person, but we're independent contractors. If you've never done this, Here's the system that they've got. Go through it with them. Say, here's the stuff. This is basically it. And if this resonates with you, start there. Boom. And if it doesn't, there are other kinds of things that you can do. For example, I've done this. I've done that. Or, you know, in the Orange Book, we do we do cadaver calling. We do all these other things. And so long as they're not inconsistent with if they're not illegal and you're not telling other people that this is what you need to do, don't tell anybody what they should do. Marketing is very individual. We are all individual people. The goal is to bring in customers and recruits. And anything goes in the way that you do that. I can tell you I know countless top people, anything legal, of course, you know, people, and they've all gotten there in different ways. Some people did nothing but cold market. But you see, the company wants to protect people from shysters who will say, you need to do leads, and here's my leads program, and you need to buy into $200 a month worth of leads. And then the poor person has no idea that to call leads, you know, I could call 40 people in an hour, and I would get one every day. Somebody would sign up. That was like 25 years ago. In fact, I did it. I did a bunch of leads, I don't know, maybe two months ago, three months ago, See, and then call another 40 in an hour just to kind of get a flavor, you know, of the, what the lead business is like. <laughs> and I would say half of them, the numbers weren't working. For my, you know, these 40 numbers disconnected, not working. Two or three of the people were deceased. Another 10 of them, completely wrong number. I never knew anything about this and blah, blah, blah. And I got one person who was actually had some life force and had some interest. Now, if you don't tell somebody that, that you're going to be calling 100 people and this is what it's going to be like, then they will say leads don't work. Well, they don't because their expectations weren't right. But I knew going in that this was the business of leads because I came from the real estate business. So we already know about leads, that most of them aren't, aren't any leads that are any good. So your job as your as a sponsor, my, I've always thought my job as a sponsor is take the person and say, okay, I'm so glad you signed up. Let me ask you a couple things. Have you ever done sales before? 
any kind of 100% sales where you only get paid if you make a sale. Have you done that? Have you done like real estate sales or have you done insurance? And I sit with people and just ask them. In fact, part of my, the art of recruiting is that, that, that series of questions and I have a recruiting call for you guys that, where I laid out all these questions, but those are some of them. Or another one would be, have you ever done sales? Have you ever done marketing uh, before? Have you ever owned your own business? And I ask this so I can have an idea of how to start the person off. See, if they say, yeah, I've had my own real estate business, I've done all this stuff, then, you know, there are other things you can recommend to them. If they've never done it, then you might say, well, look, here are the options. This is the company system. You can do these things. We do some other things. And if you're interested in these other things, I'll tell you how they work, and then you can see if that's something that you want to try. So you see, when people tell you, well, don't do that because it's not duplicatable, they're confusing human behavior, which is unique to each person, because if I talk to 10 people about your company, your product, I take, take all the Nerean people that are on the call right now. I've got a bunch of you guys. And you're, uh, you know, I know what you sell because I've helped a lot of the distributors in your company, a lot of them across about 120, 30 companies, but take that one. If I talk to 10 people about your product, same product you sell, say I, I were selling it, which I'm not, but say I were, do you think that we would get, all of us would get different results with the people that we talk to about the product or the business. Let me just make sure that I can see this. Oh, okay. yeah. Different results? Yep. Why? Every time. Every time. Because people are different. Why? Because people, people are different. different. People are different. Yeah, we got it. And I'm different. I love and it. And I know different people than you, see? So what they, it's not that they're trying to be mean. I really need to get that across to you. Do not denigrate your upline who's telling you don't do anything if, if that's not duplicable. Because it comes from not knowing that the distinction has been blurred by a lot of gurus and a lot of people. And that's why they say follow the system, follow the system, follow the system. It's designed to help keep people from tripping up and having no clue what to do that really have no experience. But once you're there and you've got some experience, there are other things you can do. And so what you tell the person, it, 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 first of all, I wouldn't be talking to my upline. I never told my upline what I was going to do. Who cares about them? I hate to, I mean, really. I decided I want to market this little water filter. I think it's pretty cool. I love cool water. This is like a cool thing. I took it to all these restaurants. Wherever I went, people were gathered around my table, everywhere. It, when I went to Chez Panisse, I mean, the finest restaurant here in the Western Hemisphere, in my opinion, or in New York City, didn't make any difference. I always took that little stupid filter because I did not want their crappy water. Now, it happens at Chez Panisse that they have clean water, but I took it anyway just to see. And all the waiters come around. Oh, what is that, Miss Cleaver? Oh, my gosh. And it's like, I thought it was this little thing, you know, so for people who don't want the caca, you know. Oh, yeah, we'd never drink the caca. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yes, that's totally so right. <laughs> and so it was just always, I had that, see? And you could do the same sort of thing. And somebody else would die before they would take their product and put it on a table in the way that I happened to do it. See, it was okay at the restaurant because they drank water. So what I'm trying to suggest is that if you're going to be a little more bold and become sort of an authority, one reason you want to consider doing that, let me tell you why. Jeff Olson, whom I've known for many years, in fact, I've, I know many of your top players, and not only in your company, all the companies that I've heard. We are not duplicatable as individuals, and we all got to these different 
places at going at our own particular, the way we did it, is what we did. Jeff used to lug around television sets to show the water filter stuff. And so the, the key thing is that you want to be in a place where people are drawn to you. You, Inc. I know this is going to, some of you are going to go, oh my God, you know, I better run back to the system quick. And that's, I get it, and I, you wouldn't, I, know, I don't know how to take offense, so don't worry about that. But if you are one of, if, if you're not ready yet to kind of, if you're not quite confident enough to do something different than what the company says to test it, then just stay with what's, what they've got and hopefully at some point it'll work for you. Because the system is there to help beginners give, give them a structure and to avoid people going off the deep end, buying leads and doing things about which they know nothing where some upline tells them to do it who is benefiting on the side and the person doesn't even know. See, that's, designed to protect us all from those kinds of happenings. But for those of you who decide, well, gosh, I want to become somebody that's attracted to me personally, this is the path to that status where somebody goes, oh, Kim's going to this company? I want to, Whatever she's doing, I want to sign up. Oh, Lulu's going to that thing? She's doing this? I want to go over there. Why? Because I've got a following now. People, you know, some people like me. And some people don't. I don't, you know, duh. But you see, Jeff Olson isn't going to come to your meeting with you. I remember, you know, when Donald Trump got involved in a network marketing company, you know, the um, another vitamin company, I can't remember the name of it now, but at the time I knew everybody there. And they all thought that by saying Donald Trump is the CEO of the company or bought it or did something, that this was somehow people rushed over to this company and they thought that this was somehow going to make other people Sign up also. Well, the, the, the old guard, the MLM junkies, a lot of those, hundreds of those people signed up saying, look, if Donald Trump is saying it's good, it must be really good. But you see, for a customer, that didn't have any effect because if you went to do a meeting, Donald Trump didn't come with you. So he couldn't help persuade the person that they ought to sign up. You had to do it. You had to be the one that had enough magnetism and strength and show enough advisory knowledge about these matters that your recommendation for a product would be a slam dunk. And that's what I'm encouraging you to think about becoming. Because when I started with the water filters, I sold so many of them in the first, like, I don't know, 60 or 90 days. I think like $70,000 worth, just a lot, because that's what I, I did. <laughs> and the company called and said, hey, would you like to come on stage and tell what you did? They had no idea what I had done. None. I didn't ask anybody. I just liked the water. So I gave them the line that I told you, all my real estate calls, every title officer, every other broker in town, I mean, all of it, every every survey person, say, hey, let me ask you something, yada, yada, yada. So you see, if you want to become that person, you, some, not, some of you won't want to, but if you do, you can take steps to become that person because in the end, in order for you to walk across your stage of your company, you need a whole lot of people that were attracted to you first because all of you have hundreds of thousands of reps in your company and you got to compete with those people. I mean, if it's you against, say, one of your top leaders, who do you think a new person wants to sign up with? You, who's afraid that you, know, you, you can barely talk about the product, or somebody who's a three-star general or whatever, marketing director. We all know everybody wants to sign up with the leader. 
Well, this is how you become a, a product purpose advisor, you see, so that you have some reason for people to come to you and uh, uh, listen to your, your advice about the thing because you know a lot about it and you care a lot about it and maybe buy your product or join your business. Okay. Does that help the gal who asked that question? Kim, I feel like a racehorse and I've just been released from my pen. Like I can go now. And yeah. I, can do, I can go do all of these things that I've wanted to do, but I felt like I sort of wasn't allowed to or something. And well, thank you. Yes, that's very helpful. Yeah, because remember, you don't want to ever denigrate anybody. Not your upline, not your side. Never take that route. That's really the low road. What you do Thanks. is you decide, okay, do I want to be an advisor? So I want to be a skincare advisor for people who want J-Lo type skin, but they don't want any toxic chemicals. And they're spot quality too, so don't think that we're at the, these are not low-end type things. And a person might go, I know somebody like that. She's at the facialist every week. Why don't you go over there? And pretty soon you're talking to the lady who's the facialist. Hello. Yeah. Carry the line. You see, that's where this goes. That's what we did. We had doctors marketing our, the product that we had, alternative MDs. That's where I went. I opened the phone book and called all the alternative MDs in San Francisco. And the first one said, great, come on over. And he's been a customer to this day for 25 years. 25 years. You need to know where to go where people appreciate what you have. You see? Yes, and the way to do that is these kinds of things we've been talking about. So don't don't say anything. Just quietly go about your way. And when you have 20, 30 new customers and a few new recruits, they're going to come to you and say, well, what did you do? And you have to say, well, it's a secret. <laughs> and at the same yeah, time, been, you can tell your babies, let me tell you these different things you can do. The mission is bring in customers and bring in recruits. That's the job. That's what we got to do. And any way we can do that that's comfortable for you and you want to get really good at it, that's what we do. Is everybody clear about that? Just tell me for yes. sure you understand. Yes. 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 I understand. Yes. All right. Okay, good. I mean, why not become advisors? You could say I'm a skincare advisor for people who yada, 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 and then you give 10 things that are life habits that have nothing to do with your product. So they go, wow, she really knows a lot about this. So you have a product? Well, yeah, I do. You want to know what it is? Maybe I'll tell. I want to know. Right. right. Because you've demonstrated that you took the time to learn how to do this. Now, the program I have if you want to know what it is. You want to know what it is? Yeah. Yes. Okay. okay. It's not a cheap date, but I'll give you a little discount code. It's called Authority Marketer. You know, Authority okay. Marketer. And it shows you how to do this research online. And if you want to have that, why don't you email me, all of you that are on the phone, because I don't know where the product is right now. Oh, I know where it is. Here. You can go to kimclaveracademy.com, that whole thing, K-I-M-K-L-A, be like Victor, E-R, academy, A-D-E-M-Y.com, forward slash, then you put in there, shop, S-H-O-P. Everybody got that? So kimclaveracademy.com, forward slash, shop. S-H-O-P. Yeah. Do you see that? Uh -huh. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so just type that in and scroll down on the left, I think the third one down, you'll see Authority Marketer. And it's 297 bucks. If you enter a code, I'm going to give it to you right now, it knocks off like 25%. Okay. And the code is me now. M-E-N-O-W, all together. Okay. So that's the story with that. And, and if you want to learn how to do that, and... For those of you who want to learn how to do something like this on Facebook, do you, most of you have the little workshop I have, How to Sell on Facebook by Not Selling on Facebook. 
Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this is the one that's going to help you the most with this, what you're doing right now. And hopefully this call has been helpful for you guys. It's been yeah. wonderful. It's fantastic. Yeah. 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 Thank you, Ken. You know, the way that you interact with us on your call is phenomenal because most people, they just talk and talk and talk. You don't get to ask a question or say anything, but the, the, the interaction was fantastic. Was, was great. Well, I love you guys, and I know that many people have been kind of misled into thinking that it's going to be easy and quick and all you have to do is put in your thousand bucks. And I feel really bad that that's happened to so many people, and I just, I know that those of you who care about your product purpose, forget the name of the product, the purpose of it, and the philosophy behind it, that there are ways that you can position yourself as an authority to help other people do 10 things that will give them better skin, 10 things that will give them better weight, 10 things that will give them better energy, 10 things, you know, without toxins and the usual crap. No PS, I have a product as well. By the time you get to your product, they're already sold on you. And you're right. the one who's going to get on stage with all of your people to whom you're going to teach the same independence. That's right. how you get to be a superstar. Are we clear about that? Yes, ma'am. Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. All right. It starts with you, boys and girls. It starts with you. Don't forget you in the equation. Yes. All right. We'll talk to you soon, huh? We love you back. Thank you. Love you back. Yes.